Man, oh man, the um, Apple Watch is so disappointed in me every day. It's getting worse and worse, hey? Well, you know what's funny is that I've smashed every single day for the past four days. I've outdone the previous day, but yet it's still not good enough for the Apple Watch. No, you give, all oh, it does is take. Oh, my God. It's like I like this thing, but at the same time, it's just – it feels like somebody's just constantly disappointed in you. You know what I did the other day is I was uh, laying on the couch, as mm. I rarely do. <laughs> And I'd accidentally hit the exercise button on my thing. And oh. so it had cranked out like 30 minutes of exercise. Yeah. And counted it towards my daily goals, even though I very much was laying on the couch. How often do you close all your rings, Bryce? Probably four days a week. Mm, I've closed my rings four days in a row. <laughs> I think I closed all of them yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to brag. Laying on the couch. A lawn chair is a good tap chair, but you aware of that. It falls down to half the size so you can lay it flat. I can watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my own lawn chair. This is it. Lawn Chair Profits episode number I don't even remember anymore. My name's Garner Andrews. That's Bryce Kelly sitting right over there. On the show today, uh, where we're sitting right now, it's actually warmer on Mars right now than it is right here. Do you ever just sit around and wonder, like, why do we live here? All the time. Why? Why don't I go live in Hawaii? I don't know, Bryce. Uh, a sense of community? The pioneer spirit? Maybe it, that's why we live here? They have pioneer spirit in Hawaii. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, and Robin, boy wonder, Burt Ward dropped probably one of the biggest humble brags in history. Probably the definition of humble brag. And we are going to, we're building another Hall of Fame, this time around the Hall of, uh, the Humble Brag Hall of Fame. That's coming up. But first, Bryce, do you have royal fever? Oh, do I? Lawn chair, don't care. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly are the Lawn Chair Prophets. So this is very, very exciting. Uh, Prince Harry and the Duchess of Sussex. Yeah, I think that's um, right. Yeah. Moving to Canada, this is, if you, I don't know, maybe you're not Canadian, maybe you live in another part of the world. We live in the shadow of the United States of America, who constantly tell us they're the greatest country in the world. And we live right next door, and I feel like everybody forgets about us here. Nobody ever, in other parts of the world, nobody ever talks about Canada, do they? No, not really. So then when you find out the that Prince Harry and his wife, they're like, you know where we're moving? Canada. It sort of validates us as a nation. It does. Um, it was interesting news, because if anyone knows anything about me, it's that I bleed royal blood. You know? <laughs> sure you do. I live and breathe for the royal family. Yeah, but you didn't know what his last name was. I still don't really know. Neither do I. Yeah, what is the prince's last name? Like, if he whips out his driver's license to get into a bar or something, like, is it, I don't know, is that a Rosniak? <laughs> yeah, Smith. <laughs> is his last name Prince? I don't know. Mm, uh, maybe. For all I know, it is. Yeah. Uh, but so he goes to, uh, he gets married to this uh Actress. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know it, shortly thereafter, he kicks down the door at his grandma's house and says, listen here, you old windbag. Oh, Prob harsh. Probably. And then I think you said the other day his exact words to her were, smell you later. Yeah. 
Smell you later. Welcome to Dumpsville. And I'm Audi 5000. He said all these things and then backed out of the room. He wants out of the royal family. Yeah. There was an audible gasp across the United Kingdom. So Prince Harry now wants to pack up his blushing bride, uh, their charming child, Archie. Their gifted child, Archie. And move to Canada for reasons I don't fully understand. They want to be more financially independent. Yeah, that's AKA, easy to do when you have... Millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank. It's easy to say that. Yes. Yeah. I think he's already doing fine. Yeah. I think she just wants to act again because for some reason they, They're as soon as she became jobs. a duchess, she's not allowed to act anymore. No. So that makes sense to me. Uh, but obviously it didn't go over well with the family. Ooh, and no. even here in Canada, people are like, oh my God, are our tax dollars going to have to pay for their security? I didn't even think about that. I don't even care. It's worth the cost. To be breathing the same air. To be breathing the same air as Prince Harry, the bad boy prince, as I call him. Yeah. So, but this is really the stuff of movies. This is the kind of stuff that they write. Someone in a Starbucks right now is cranking out this screenplay. And we started thinking maybe we should write this screenplay. Yeah. It turns out that over the Christmas break, they were here for six weeks. Yeah. They were probably eyeballing properties, eyeballing what cities they want to live in, meaning very soon Prince Harry and Meghan Markle is going to, are there going to be someone's next door neighbors yeah. here in Canada? Yeah, and I imagine him moving into a quiet cul-de-sac. Uh, he gets invited to play poker with the boys at the end of the cul-de-sac, and um, he has to excuse himself from the poker table to hit the boys' room to unload a couple of Molson Canadians and one of the other guys at the table. The guy that is threatened by Prince Harry moving on to the cul-de-sac. Uh, when Harry gets up from the table, he looks at him and goes, look, everybody, someone needs to go take a royal flush. But he says it in such a way that's more mean-spirited than playful. Mm. And Harry just gives him a glance, not an angry glance, but more of a, hey, I'm just like you. And sometimes I miss the toilet, too, glance. Wow. So this is like a movie. Yeah, I mean, we're just we're still hammering out, hammering out the ideas right now for our screenplay, but I think that could be one of the scenes from it right there. Um, you suggested that we call it Royal Flush. Yeah, inspired by that, maybe he's moving here to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a service plumber, like an apprentice service plumber. Yeah, yeah. And so now all of a sudden we go through the story arc of him going down to humble. The humbleness of being an apprentice mm, yeah. uh, plumber and the hijinks that ensue. All of a sudden, is that the Duke of, the Duke of Sussex with his elbow in, a gre- in, in your a, toilet? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> elbow gross. deep in your drains? Oh. Uh, the, uh, somebody texted to, uh, hey, guys, love the idea of a sitcom starring the Royals. Uh, Royals have probably never had to cut the grass or take out the trash. First season is Prince Harry trying to figure out how to operate a lawnmower. Ah, maybe he's out there on his hands and knees and he's cutting the grass with a pair of scissors because he thinks that's how you cut the grass. Yes. That could be good. Or maybe he's ironing his shirt for a job interview and uh, the phone rings at the same time and he accidentally answers the iron. How funny would that be? He confuses the lawnmower for the vacuum cleaner and he mows his carpet. Oh, my God. (laughs) This thing's practically writing itself. This is good. Woo. Uh, an episode for Royal Flush Show would have Harry cooking Thanksgiving dinner. He's whipping potatoes in the Cuisinart, and they start flying everywhere. So he unplugs the mix- mixer 
As smoke starts to billow out of the oven, he can't find the oven mitts, so he grabs tea towels, ends up dropping one in the oven, lighting it on fire. Uh, His hand gets burned. Megan comes in with the fire extinguisher, then it cuts to the next scene where he's got his hand wrapped up like a mummy, and they're eating KFC. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Very, very complicated. It took a long time to get to the payoff there, but somebody's using their head. I think the season finale is when uh, the queen visits for the first time, and she has to stay on the pull-out couch in the living room. The one that always squeaks. (laughs) Woo! Oh, is Prince Philip there, too? He's there, and he's saying a lot of off-color things in front of Harry's friends. Oh, boy. Hey, go ahead. So I thought of another good idea for your show. It's a little bit of a different route. I'm listening. But you could call the show Royally Screwed. And basically, they're being kicked out of the kingdom, and they now have to function like regular people and get jobs and stuff. Yeah, like he's, he's working a night shift at Costco. Then maybe picking up a day shift, pumping some gas at a domo. You know, just trying to make ends meet. Exactly. And except people don't like them because they got kicked out for whatever reason. And so, yeah, they're royally screwed. You get another writing credit. Excellent. I love it. Somebody else just said, this is from Zach. Are you sure this is going to be a movie? It sounds more like a half-hour sitcom on a Mm. Wednesday night to me. Uh, The royal couple that moves in next door in a small suburban neighborhood and drives the curmudgeonly old man nuts. Zach, yeah, that's good. That's pretty solid. Uh, I remember someone else texted in and said, what about uh, instead of a service plumber, he works at a golf course, and it's called Royal T. Ooh. T-E-E at the end. Okay. That's pretty solid. I believe somebody else suggested that they open a cannabis shop, and it's called High T. <laughs> Everybody's using their heads. We only got two chairs, but maybe if you ask nice, you can sit on Bryce's lap. It's the Lawn Chair Profits. Like I was saying at the beginning of the show, Bryce, it is actually colder where you and I are sitting right now than it is on the surface of Mars. When you see articles being written saying that where you live is going to be the coldest place on Earth, there's an immediate sense of like, yeah, we're number one, baby. (laughs) And then it starts to sink in where you're like... Oh, I got to live in oh, this. Oh, I have to live in the coldest place on Earth? Yeah. And and colder than Mars? And it's not like you just get Ugh. to stay inside your house. No, you've got to get out there and work. You've got to get out there and live your life in the coldest place on the planet. And I just started thinking to myself, doesn't it kind of make sense that there might be somebody listening right now that's never even seen snow before? And don't you think that maybe one day people will go, I want to travel to the coldest place on earth. I want to see what that feels like. Cold weather tourism. It has to be a thing. I mean, we escape the cold to go to tropical places. We like to see the heat in t- when we don't normally see heat in yeah. the dead of winter. And so there's someone somewhere, you're probably right, who's like, wow, minus 40 wind chill. I need to know what that feels like. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, it's like people travel for experiences so they can post those experiences on social media. It's the it's the reason why people travel to, I can never remember where it is, but it's somewhere in Canada where you go there and you take a chuck, you drink the drink and the prospector's frostbitten frozen toe oh, yeah, is in yeah, the, yeah. the bottle and it, you have to let it hit your lips. Right. You don't do that because you want to taste a prospector's toe. Yeah, frostbitten toe. You do that because you want the experience and you want to be able to post the pictures of you drinking toe. 
So don't you think people would want to come here just to feel what it feels like to be standing around in minus 46 degrees Celsius weather? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think about when we go to Mexico or something like that, uh, when it's really warm out, there's things to do. Yeah. You can sit by the pool, you can go lay on a beach, you can get a tan, you can play volleyball. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, when you come to minus 46 degrees Celsius, really all you need to do is take 10 steps outside of the airport and be like, wow. That was good. That is brisk. And then go back in and you basically experienced it. Yeah. There's not. There's no further developments. No. Like, <laughs> it doesn't get better. No. Uh, there's nothing to do outside. Uh, it consumes your body. And once you feel it, you never want to feel it again. I, I just don't understand, too, why it is that when it gets really, really cold like this, we all f- feel the urge to post screenshots of the temperature and the forecast or a picture of the temperature on the dash of your car. And we get so one-uppy, too, and literally one-up each other. Tim posts a picture of his thermometer, and it's minus 36. And then almost immediately, Kevin posts a picture of his, and it's minus 37 over here. And then he, he writes, mic drop, yeah. that kind of thing. It's, it's by one degree. People are one-upping each other by one degree. Yeah. And you know who enjoys that? No one. Nobody. You there. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a... Uh... Railroader cleaning railroad switches. You have to clean those? The train won't just plow right through those? Yeah, no, uh, it's actually very easy for a train to derail on uh, snow and ice because the ice stops them from being able to switch from track to track. Huh. I would have thought that a a train could just plow through anything. Yeah, just about, but Hmm. everything but snow, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, do you think people would travel here to experience extreme cold? You know, I think there might be some people that actually would. Some people that live in extreme hot that have never experienced any kind of cold and they want to experience cold, so they'd go to what now is the coldest place in the world. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's like it only makes sense. Like I was saying, you watch TV and every now and again on the news, you'll see a story where they're like in New Delhi today, it hit 51 Celsius. And in your mind, you're like, well, I'm pretty sure that's uncomfortable, but you still, you'd like to feel what that feels like? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. us as uh, cold-loving Albertans, we we crave to go on vacations to Mexico and whatnot, so yeah. you could only imagine that they would crave to come on vacations to Alberta. <laughs> we need to sell that. We need to sell that as a, a tourism possibility here in Alberta. We need to maximize <laughs> northern Alberta Winter tourism. Hey, what's your first name? I'm Luke. I think the most fascinating part of that entire conversation was the fact that, you know, if you went out and you laid down on the train tracks behind where we're sitting right now, the train would take your legs off. But yet it hits a snowball on the track and it just, you could have an environmental disaster on your hands. So I remember, because it wasn't the old wives' tale, you could put a penny on there and then yeah. the train would smush it and then yeah. you have a cool looking penny. <sighs> Not if you derail the train. And then someone's like, no way, man, that would take the train off the tracks. <laughs> I like to think that it would take more than a snowman or a coin. Yeah. So take a train off the tracks. It's funny, like I've always been afraid of trains and suddenly I'm not afraid of them anymore. You yeah. probably should be. It's like sort of, it's like that moment in your life when you realize that if you had to, you could probably take your dad in a fight. The Lawn Chair Profits with Garner and Bryce. It's on the internet where your Uncle Ron gets way too political. 
Garner, I was surfing the internet the other day, and mm-hmm. I came across a story uh, about Burt Ward. Robin. Who, who played Robin in the so entertaining live-action Batman series. Boff. Zip. Zap. Yeah. Pow. If you may remember, he wore a particular costume for that show that was basically a Speedo. Over top of tights. Yeah. It didn't leave much to the imagination. And apparently, according to Burt Ward, that while they were filming this show, he had to take pills to reduce the size of his uh, manhood. His Johnson. Apparently, he said the bulge was too big and people were complaining. Oh, boy. Which, <laughs> it's, I don't know, It's this might be the greatest humble brag of all time. Yeah, I got to take pills to make it smaller. It's just too visible from space. Yeah, like he was getting a star on the Walk of Fame or something, and... I doubt anyone asked. Yeah, hey. he just volunteered it. Yeah, just like, hey, funny story. I had to take pills because I'm too huge. Did I tell you about the one time I had to take pills? <laughs> <laughs> like, what a goon. What a stupid story. One, I don't believe it. Two, yeah. it is the world's biggest humble brag. And then when you start thinking about humble brags, uh, you see them all the time, especially from the celebrity community. Yeah, I don't know. We, um, you and I, we started talking about our humble brags too. What was yours? Uh... Oh, it's so hard for me to walk my dog. Oh yeah, because people are always stopping me to tell me how good looking he is. Yeah, he's just so adorable that yeah. it's become a problem. Uh, my wife, like before Christmas, Bryce, she's like, uh, "Can you hang the Christmas stockings on the fireplace?" And I'm like, "Which one?" <laughs> Because you have multiple fireplaces? I have four fireplaces. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which yeah. one? Uh, that's my humble brag. Also, I think that, see, this is going to sound terrible. I, I think more of it is just me sort of not being in touch with my money. But I don't know when I get paid or how often I get paid. Is is that a humble brag? A little bit. It, But I... Uh, I would never volunteer that, but if you if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, when do we get paid?" I'd be like, "I don't know. I think we get paid once a month." Yeah, because there's definitely a time where you're very aware of when you get paid and how much you get paid. Yeah, I know neither of those things. Yeah, so yeah, that's a bit of a humble break. <laughs> I think I get sixty dollars every two weeks. Hey, so that's pretty good. When I get my hair cut, they often tell me that uh, it's going to take. An extra five minutes because my hair is just too thick. I'm not looking forward to having my furnace repaired because uh, I have two of them. (laughs) Yeah, I listen to these humble brags and it's like, you know what? They're no Burt Ward. No, they're kind of lame actually, aren't they? When you compare them to Burt Ward. Yeah, yeah. He definitely deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Listen to this one. Hey, Garner, Bryce's humble brag is nothing compared to a guy I work with. He and I had to fly to Vancouver for a meeting a few weeks ago. When we got on board, he asked the flight attendant to let the pilots know there was a licensed pilot in row 15 should they need someone. I kid you not, I wanted to crawl under my seat. I was so embarrassed. The flight attendant was super polite, but I'm pretty sure she went to the pilots and said, you will not believe the guy in row 15, Mitch. Wow. Oh, uh, that's a bit of a humble brag, isn't it? Like, nobody was asking you, are you are you a pilot? Yeah, yeah, to just walk up, I'm a pilot. If this bird's going down, you know who to turn to. Somebody texted, hey, just to let everyone know, if you are a pilot or a doctor, you are required by law 
It's an actual thing. You have to tell the flight steward. No, that can't be true. So anybody who gets on a plane, you have to tell them what your occupation. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a commercial painter. If you should need somebody on this flight, I'm a commercial painter. Yeah. In case you're wondering, I am indeed a doctor. I'll mm. be seated in row 32. Uh, let's grab this. Hello. My father-in-law is a like very well respected doctor here in the city. Just retired, and he he said to me, he it's better if there's a paramedic or a nurse to deal with those kind of situations, like on the plane or whatever, because doctors are so specialized these days. Yeah, the paramedic or the nurse, the, the frontline people, like the first people to see you when, you know, something's gone horribly wrong, they're probably the ones that can act real fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, would, uh, he would wait to see if there was another doctor in the vicinity <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then go. <laughs> he'd, wanna, he'd probably want to look at some charts, you know, do up some blood work, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is good to know. Thanks for this, Byron. No worries, man. See, Byron has firsthand experience. You don't have to tell anyone. No, and that makes sense. It's so weird. I mean, I, totally, if someone's having a heart attack and they go, is there a doctor on board? You probably could stick your hand up, assuming you're not plastered. I do it all the time. Like when they say, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor on this flight? Is there a doctor on board? I'll put my hand up and go, yes, uh, I am a doctor, but I've been drinking. But then it's win-win for me because then I get the glory of everybody going, oh, that guy's a doctor. He doesn't look like a doctor. But none of the responsibility because I've been drinking. And the added bonus of like, wow, not only is he a doctor, but he is so responsible. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for the part where I had nine drinks. (laughs) And it was a one-hour and 20-minute flight. But to walk into a plane, I am a pilot. Hmm. Row 15. Going back to what Byron said, though, I think you want the paramedics on the flight, maybe mm. the nurses, because those are like when you put your tray table up too fast and you sever your pinky finger on that little hinge thing, the paramedic is the one who's going to be able to stop the bleeding and uh, probably, you know, save your life. Whereas the doctor is, uh, you want the doctor too, because they're there for the long term follow up, for the long term care. Of nursing you back to health. Yeah, he could probably recommend a good plastic surgeon. Yeah. But uh, he's going to need some time to figure out what to do. Uh, somebody else said, hey, I'm a doctor, not a humble brag. We are required to respond if there's an incident, but we don't have to tell people we are doctors just for fun. See? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm a doctor. Uh, Garner, my dad was a pilot, and never in my life did he walk onto a plane and tell them he's a pilot. That's not a thing. Okay, so I'm seeing a theme here. What Maybe what happened with this first guy is that uh, the stewardess was an absolute dime. Oh. It was a smoke show. And he, he was, was making just, a play. He was just making a move. Oh. Like, just so you know, I'm a pilot. No big deal or anything. Which is probably less impressive to someone who works in the aviation industry and is surrounded by pilots daily. Yeah, she's probably like, uh, you mean you're a sky bus driver? Yeah. I doubt it sweeps... Her off her feet? No. But I bet you that's what it was. He was making moves. Nobody's ever looking for a broadcaster in an emergency. Nobody's ever like, no. is there an annoying disc jockey on this flight? Is there anyone here who knows a lot of fart jokes? <laughs> Can anyone here make fast puns? Yeah. Can anybody on this flight tell the temperature or the time frontwards and backwards? It's 737, 37 minutes after 7. Can anybody do that? Because I can. I sometimes wish that would happen because 
What better way to impress a group of friends, family, than to spring into action and save a life? I wish I would have been thinking of this when I was picking my career. Yeah. Because, yeah, what we do is never going to be summoned. No. <laughs> on a never. flight, in a restaurant. No one's ever going to be like, oh, my God, we need a radio DJ stat. Yeah. But doctor. Even pastry chef. Like, can anybody in here save a souffle? Like, you could probably be summoned to save a souffle. Even Yeah. Is anyone here a sommelier? Yeah. Can anybody match this wine with a cheese? Look, I think we're just proving that we're the most useless people alive. Yeah, we kind of did. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of the Lawn Chair Profits enjoy old candy in a jar that's unlabeled. Ooh, mystery candy. 